0: Change can feel scary, but it can also be exhilarating. A time to stretch our boundaries, embrace new opportunities, and a chance to start something new. Welcome to Business Unknown with me, Dan Nicholl, made just for you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Hello and a very warm welcome to Business Unknown, a brand new series that I'm hosting in partnership with Truck. I'm Dan Nicholl and I'm looking forward over the course of the next eight weeks to chatting to eight very different South African business leaders, people who come from different backgrounds, operate in different spaces, but are all linked by the fact that they've proved successful in often more than just one field and have a great deal of life experience, which we're hoping to tap into and share with all of you over the course of these eight weeks in what it really difficult, challenging, strange, upsetting times in the world as a whole, but particularly here in South Africa. For many people in the business world, businesses are closing, jobs are under threat. We're not really sure what we're going to be able to do with our livelihoods, with the way we work, with the way we operate. And so while I'm not bringing in eight people who are going to magically turn around your lives and ensure that your businesses are all listed on the London Stock Exchange by the time you finish listening to an interview or watching an interview or being part of this interaction, I do hope that we'll have some pointers, some perspectives, some lessons that you can draw from to offer a little comfort and perhaps make you feel that maybe things might just be all right somewhere on that very unscathed, certain horizon that we'd like to think will be the world getting back to some sort of normal. And so I gave a great deal of thought as to who we could kick off with. I thought, should we go with a a business titan from a big international company? Should we go out beyond South Africa for some foreign assistance? Maybe go for somebody who's a a big superstar or celebrity in their own right. And then I thought, well, why not just get all of those together and get someone who's an entertainment titan, somebody who has made a habit of making bold uh, and often seemingly questionable decisions that have turned out to be really inspired ones, and has become, for me, somebody I respect enormously, have a great, deal of time for for, and admire as well. And so to kick off Business Unknown with Brightrock, it gives me an enormous amount of pleasure to say hello to Greg Malaka. Dan, how are you? I'm extremely good and I'm already feeling a little better just seeing you, seeing that big smile and seeing the the cheerfulness that you uh, emanate whenever our paths cross, which is fairly frequently uh, and I'm really looking forward to telling a little bit of your business story because it is such a unique and such an inspiring story but before we go back a, a couple of years to the start of this story what have the last few months been like for Greg Malocca and the, the Empire and in particular Kaya FM the station which has become such a tour de force in South African entertainment? Uh, I'm truly honoured to be uh,
1: um, to, to be here with you and, and, and I really appreciate the space um, the last few months have been really hectic. I mean, um, you know, everything that you see um, in in the world, everything that you see, um, you know, in, in communities, every challenge that you would have come across, anything you would have read in the paper uh, or listened to on the radio, watched on television, we have been through that, um, you know, from, uh, you know, teams being affected uh, directly to families being affected directly to, you know, having to resize your business, to having to shut it down a few times, to you know, having to you know care for people who needed care, um, you know, having to deal with um, you know the the, the shrinking economy, um, and all of those things. Everything everything has happened uh, with us in in the last few months, um, and and I and and for me, it's um, it's been a it's been a great lesson. I mean, I think you know when you when you judge your your career by the last few months, you realize that you've just been cruising and you've been having a, a wonderful time
0: it's important to set that scene not just to find out how you've been doing but also so that people realize that this is not greg bellocca living in a bubble where you haven't been affected at all it is impacted on all of us and that gives your journey and your lessons from this conversation that much more resonance uh, let's go back to the start not the very start but the at the start of certainly i see it of this journey of yours into music into radio into the, the business world uh, a young hopeful aspiring DJ in a queue of 600-odd people hoping to get a job, uh, YFM uh, trying to find its feet, and out of those 600, there was somebody who wasn't just queuing, but used the time in that queue to start scribbling down a business plan and a strategy to turn around a radio station you weren't even working for.
1: <laughs> it was palsy, I mean, I must, I must admit, um, but, you know, that that moment... Um, you know, began a few years earlier, uh, and 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 I mean, you know, we like telling the story, uh, you know, about my start in quotes as kind of like that moment, and and in many ways it is. Uh, a friend of mine who's a senior exec in the uh, uh, advertising world tells a story about, you know, how he was battling. Well, his team was battling with putting together a really good script for a client. Uh, the client kept sending it back, and he sat down and he wrote it. Um, you know, in 15 minutes and, and said, send this one, you know, um, and, and the client loved that piece and accepted it. And one of the guys came back to him and said, wow, you know, we were struggling with this thing for about a week and we've had the client shouting and all those things and you, in 15 minutes, just, you know, wrote this thing and sent it back. That's truly inspirational. And and his answer was, well, I mean, it took me 24 years to write that script. It didn't take me, um, you know, uh, uh, 15 minutes and i think it's 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 you know very important all those moments to kind of think about them from from that perspective is what what builds up to that um and and for me that moment um at at, at yfm was a build up from you know um you know my my upbringing at home um you know the 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 space in which I, i i was growing up in was kind of like a motivator for for that particular moment which also, it was a great lesson, um, you know, in, in trying to raise children. You know, you've got to understand the, the long-term impact of the things that you do when they're little.
0: There's obviously a huge amount of passion that you have for the radio space and for the music space. I've seen you DJing at Marvel a few times and giving us all a, a great afternoon. But it wasn't always going to be the case. I, I have it on good authority that I could have been addressing not Greg Malocca but Father Greg Malocca
1: <laughs> you know too much Dan your sources are, are way too good for
0: me so there
1: was a point uh, in my life I, I think I must have been uh, 14 15 I you know I, I said to my mother um, you know I want, I want to be a priest you know um, and, and she said well why you know um, and you know, there the, are the two answers. And every time I think about this and, you know, fresh memories start to to flow. But one of the answers that I'd given her was, um, you know, I love when we go to church, even though I didn't like church very much. Um, <clears throat> you know, my favorite song was the last song they sing, like, right at the end. That was like, you know, it's a song called, you know, meaning it's it's all done. It's over. It's beautiful. It's glorious. Let's all go home. Yeah, you know, I, I love that song. But... But being in church i would I would observe how the respect that was accorded to uh the priest um you know the the you know being able to to stand in front of people and command their attention and 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 speak to them about you know uh, a a a subject matter chosen for that particular day and have them glued to you um, but also the respect they showed to uh the priest's mom you know it's almost like the entire church would stand up and and i wanted my mother to have that feeling too um you know to to kind of like be this proud mom of the priest that's respected by you know a a, a large community of people but i i also think that you know uh you know growing up in deep Klub in in the 80s and the 90s um we were also surrounded by um you know a lot of ills we we were in a different country than you know we were in a country where you know you and I could never hang out and just have a great time um you know as' just two people who have a lot in common um and and we were surrounded by you know by by many other challenges I mean we still have tons of some of those challenges today um and and I guess as a youngster, you get tired of um, you know the 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 tension the fighting um and and you just want you know some peaceful moments you know uh and as much as I didn't like church, um, I could see how you know peaceful it was for people to be in that space, to be in that sanctuary. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with that. A lot of it had to do with kind of like seeking to find a place where people can just be, you know. Because um, straight out of that, I mean, you know, Monday you go to school and bullets are flying, and you know, almost every day you go to school, you almost die. It was kind of like a, a way of, of growing up, which isn't a way of growing up. So. Yeah, you know there was a lot of things, but I did want to be a priest to answer
0: your question. Um, And I mean, thank God for society, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) But you you managed to become the high priest of South African radio, which is an alternative. And I suppose I've got no doubt your mum would be just as proud of uh, of you working your way into. Yes, she is. And you, you found your way into a radio space that I think it encompassed a lot of the change that South Africa was going through. YFM spoke to uh, a group of people that maybe didn't always have that kind of voice available for it. Uh, talk to us about the creation of that, that YFM brand, your role in it, and not just the successes, which I think many of us have seen, but also the challenges in getting that right. Well, no, the, the, the
1: challenge was, um, again... Um, you know, I think the the reason those stations were set up um, is an important reason, um, you know, first to, you know, you have, that's, that's what we have to interrogate first to kind of get an appreciation of how difficult this thing was. So we were, um, we were in a South Africa at some point where all media was owned by the government. Um, and, you know, um, like everything else in the country, segregation was the, the order of the day. So you had what is African language service radio stations today kind of created to uh, service, um, you know, the the black population of South Africa. Um, And none of it was um, urban, none of it was forward thinking, none of it was, uh, you know, catering for the different classes of people, all of it assumed that, you know, black people were the same thing, you know, we all like the same things we all ate the same things you know the only thing that's different is language but uh you know it assumed that and it was also designed to again like everything else whether it's access to jobs or access to anything else designed to you know create limitations for for people Uh, because the best way to control any society you know it's through what they see and what they hear Um, so we continuously saw images of ourselves in a particular way. We continuously heard certain things in a particular way, um, you know, but, but there were, there were loopholes, if I have to use that word, uh, and one of the greatest benefits and loopholes, um, you know, and, and, and people who, I guess, design an evil system never anticipate some of these things was, you know, with the, with the Bantu stance, um, uh, you know you had putatswana, you had the Cisca, Transca, whatever, so each of those independent so called states um, had radio stations and in putatswana was radio bob uh, in fact the Bob broadcasting corporation um, and you know and I know you know capital radio uh, where my uh, good friend and colleague uh, you know david came from uh, you know that, that was you know kind of like broadcasting in in, in the, sort of in the eastern Cape but but those signals would bleed into South Africa. You know, so, um, you know, we 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 knew, we learned urban radio, uh, you know, and, and what urban black radio should be, you know, by listening to, to Radio Bob, at least in this area of Johannesburg. Um, and you could catch the signal through the TV, uh, you know, channel and you listen to, to Radio Bob, you know, in Deep Kloof in, in Joburg, you know. Um, and, and those guys were forward thinking. I mean, um, you know, they... That, that for me was the first experience of enjoying um, a radio station that played a lot of the music that you know we we would listen to at home. You know, half the you know half my father's collection was was banned. You know, all the records were, were like banned records. So um, you know, to to hear you know sort of even just kind of like the COVID messaging that came through music playing on radio was incredible for us and stuff that you couldn't hear um, at the at the SABC. So. Even with the advent of Metro, I mean, the idea was, you know, I guess, you know, powers that be, then we're starting to see that there's a a, a powerful urban black market that needs to be catered for, uh, which is why and how Metro was created. Uh, and in fact, the best way to do that was to go and take what was Radio Bob and really plant it inside of Metro. Um, and, and and that's how sort of urban radio started. But it was still within a specific you know, confinement. And I think um you know whilst whilst metro was an important step um you know into um you know urban radio um you know you you still had again a a an approach that assumed that you know we were a homogenous people so you know metro was for urban people but which urban people you know um so you know when 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 stations like YFM were licensed KFM Classic FM and so forth. This was now in recognition of the many different parts of society and the many different strata within society. You know the many different tastes and so forth. Um, and you know prior to 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 the 1997 generation of stations, so the, those Greenfield licenses. You know you still had um, you know Highfeld and which was I think Springbok back in the day at five FM, which was Radio Five and so forth. So. With stations that were catering for uh, white audiences in South Africa, you know, there was always a very clear distinction of um, where you could be. And that sort of mirrored what the rest of the world was like. Um, You know, so if you wanted, as an advertiser, for instance, to, uh, you know, have a conversation with, um, um, you know, English speaking, mainly white people. In Durban, you had East Coast Radio. In Johannesburg, you had Heifeld. If you wanted young people, you had, um, you know, 5FM, uh, if you had, you know, uh, people who, uh, you know, uh, spoke mainly Afrikaans as their main language, you had, you know, Yakaranda, you had Araskir. So there were options. There were different kinds of options which gave a certain look of society in that particular space, but in the one side of, of society. For black audiences, you only had Metro, which kind of spoke to everyone in urban space, um, and that was it. So you didn't have, you know, um, you know, what what we call the Afropolitan today, for for instance, that market was located for, um, you know, there was not even a recognition of what continent we were sitting at. Uh, you know, there was no recognition for young people um, and something that spoke to young urban... Uh, so, to tell those stories, these were some of the initial challenges. You know, the advertising industry was, um, you know, in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, no clue of what was going on in townships. Um, you know, people's understanding of us as young people was young, hopeless, no money, no future. So why are we investing in these people? Um, and and that was the, the, the big challenge um, that we had to. to and, and, but, but once we understood that challenge, once we realized what the challenge was, you know, um, and I mean, as young as we were, we were what, in our early 20s? I mean, I was 22 uh, at the time. Um, that we started having this conversation about the need to create a revolution, and not a radio station. Um, we started to, you know, uh, talk about, you know, the need to, you know, give these young people a voice because we know who we are, we know what we're about, uh, and we know how important this story is. Um, and you know, that's that's where it started to, you know, shift. I guess from, um, you know, being on radio um or, or or rather putting together a, a, a radio station to um you know putting together um you know what what would be a a a probably the most formidable uh you know of revolutions uh, dare i say since um uh, since seventy six amongst young people you know in in a very different but very important space that being media
0: you changed radio entirely. You gave rise to so many of the radio personalities uh, of not just the day then, but people are still having such an impact. I think people like Fresh who continue to have such a huge impact. And while yours wasn't maybe so immediately Uh, identifiable to people listening on the radio. You were the guy pulling all those strings, learning the business and it it turned you into this uh, radio maverick, this radio entrepreneur and if I fast forward you to the space where we find you now uh, at Kaya uh, go back to, I think it was one of your very early meetings with the team who'd headhunted you and uh, brought you over to Kaya Uh, and uh, the story goes, I'm told that you asked them what business you were all in and they all said radio thinking it was fairly obvious. And you said, well, yes, but not anymore.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, having, you know, moved from um, YFM, you know, I I, I had a three-year stint with, uh, I think, one of the coolest companies that I've ever worked with. uh, um, You know, I partnered in a business called Instant Grass which is a trans and insights agency uh, based in Cape Town, but, you know, operating on the continent and, and some parts across the world um, and, and moved, you know, from uh, Instant Grass to, to Kaya. Um, but, you know, people always re- remembered me from YFM. So it's almost like there was no three years in between. Um, and in arriving at Kaya, there was all these perceptions around, um, you know, what, what Kaya is and, you know, Kaya had, you know, decorum and, you know, these YFM crazies, are, this guy's just going to come and, you know, mess up this lifestyle here. We are very calm adults um, here who, you know, uh, are not about these loud revolutions. And and the funny thing was that um, um, uh, when I asked that question, you uh, know, it was, you could see the faces. We were, oh, here we go. What's, what's, you know, what is this about now? But I was wanting to introduce um, a thinking that says um, you know we are we are not a radio station we are a um, we're a content business um you know we talk to people who are multifaceted in nature you know humans have different paths to them they they prefer different things they like different things some like to read stuff some like to hear stuff some like to experience stuff in in a particular way um so we have to be a brand that's able to have these conversations across all these platforms um, and we had started that at YFM. We had a magazine. We were, you know, working on a very strong um, website at the time. Digital was not what it is now, you know, but that thinking was, was already there. Uh, but we just took it to another level at Kaya. You know, we added travel. We added, um, you know, a, 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 in an online store. We added a jazz you know, sort of standalone jazz station. Um, and, and really to, 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 you know, to scale, um you know a a a platform that otherwise would have been restricted to fm uh which would have been restricted to a you know kilometer radius of how And and what good is that when the whole world is out there
0: you know? it's uh, exemplified by some of the decisions that you've made that at first glance looked like acts of madness and yet have turned out to be inspired I'll ask you to quickly touch on two of them the first was taking your breakfast show which to the eyes of most is speaking to a kind of middle class black professionals of a a reasonable age and throwing in an elderly white man uh, to helm your breakfast show uh, and then In a time when everybody is closing down print magazines, Greg Malocca decides to start one. Now, I know you well enough to know that these weren't just flippant decisions you'd made after a couple of nice glasses of wine and thought, let's just try this and see if it works. You've given thought to them, and you've been proved right because David O'Sullivan, who I think is a radio genius, has had a massive impact on the station, and your magazine has also found a, a really, really strong following.
1: To be fair, so um, you know the the Afropolitan magazine um, was um, there when I joined Kaya. Um, you know what what we had to do was again look at um, you know how you know how we converge you know all of these platforms into um, you know one conversation. Um, you know because you know it was all kind of in, in different places and different parts. So it was very important to to kind of create some kind of symmetry. Um, with David, there were a few drinks involved, I must admit. Um, but it was, it was to calm him down because, uh, um, you know, we, we had this conversation and I'd asked Neil, who was our head of content, to have a conversation with him. I said, listen, white man to white man, go have a chat with that guy, okay? Because if I go, he's not going to believe me. Um, and, um, and he came back, Neil came back and said, well, he actually doesn't believe you. I said, okay, set up the meeting. And let's let's hang out. And and uh, we went to our favorite place across the road. We went to Marvel. Um, and and David said to me, "Listen, I know I know about Kaya. I know about the things that you guys are doing there. Um, I'm a I'm a white middle-aged guy. Um, your audience will not accept me." Um, and I said to him, but, "But how do you know this? You know? Um, and and who said that we wouldn't? I mean, you know, we're having a drink right now. What's wrong with this conversation?" you know, uh, and and similarly to this moment, I mean, you and I then are having conversations, just like we had 50 million other conversations, you know, where we cross paths. Um, Why is this not a conversation that we can take onto the radio? Um, The challenge in South Africa, you know, we still have a big race challenge, and that's true, Um, but we can't overcome that challenge um, if the conversation only happens with, you know, if I'm sitting with like, Five black people when we're talking about race, we'll be in agreement in three minutes, and the conversation will be over. Um, but if we say you need to have, you know, conversations with multiple people, and it's not just white people; it's you know, it's it's Indian people, it's the Chinese, it's everybody. So once you start to open this conversation to culture and not race, um, and 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 try and get perspectives from different places, you start to shift that cultural needle. Um, and and you can't do that, you know. Just being a, a you know single-minded, whether you know in in your mind, literally, physically, or just with with your race, your kind, or your type. Um, you know, it's always important to you know try and connect with different types of people. Um, and 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 David O'Sullivan is a brilliant broadcaster. You know, you can't take that away from him. He's an experienced um, you know um, uh, youngster, as I call him. <laughs> he's an experienced broadcaster that has been around the block. Um, he's been in the center of many very important moments in this country. Um, you know, moments that are so significant right now, where you know, as Africans, we're talking about writing our own history. Um, you know, that's the history. You know, uh, uh, you know, guys like David have been at the center of that history. That history is not one-sided. You know, it's not just about my history, it's, it's about everyone else. So, and that's why it worked so well, um, you know, because people gave it a chance and, and thankfully, you know, they did. Uh, and, and now you understand, you know, what we're trying to do. I mean, the amount of history that, you know, comes out of that show um, is so incredible. And, 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 you know, our listeners are so thankful for that because, you know, you learn things that you would not you know, otherwise have learned about or, or would have seen.
0: Greg, there are a number of things I love about this David O'Sullivan story, but probably what I I like most about it is the fact that it speaks to the diversity of an audience that uh, it reflects almost the, the homogenous nature of South Africans that you referred to earlier, in that if I listen on a Monday or a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I listen to David O'Sullivan, I then flick on your breakfast show on a Friday morning, and it's almost not possible to think of a more different presenter than scumba to be stepping into the David O'Sullivan Sized cheese on a Friday, and yet your audience is quite happily taking both of those. And in a country that is historically so divided, this to me says that South Africans accept more and enjoy more and agree with far more than we often give ourselves credit for.
1: No, absolutely. And I mean, um, you know, the the important thing there then um, is also that you know these are uh, these are you know two different. Um, approaches, you know, uh, that are talking to the same person, um, you know, Sukuwa has, you know, um, created a totally different morning show, um, you know, for that particular space because it's the weekend, because we want you to let your hair down, but you know, uh, but also have a different uh, view to the same serious issues that uh, you know David would have been uh, and the team would have been dealing with, uh, and I mean with with you know Jason and Tavi the 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 scope is broader um, you know there's uh, you know far more different points of view, uh you know even ones that we didn't have with 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 just David there before uh, and you add this kumba dynamic, you just start to see um you know the multifacetedness of society uh you know but also just how dynamic we are as as uh, uh, you know as as, as as afropolitans as you know, you know people living on this continent. Um, and and it's a diversity that we need we need to celebrate you know we, we talk a lot about diversity but we never find ways of celebrating you know those levels of diversity i mean um you know in in, in one of the crazy you know sort of uh strat meetings um you know there was an idea that uh, both david and skumba still i think don't like me very much uh you know for, for not pursuing um you know they don't like me very much for it but you know, there was there was a conversation we had once where we said, "Well, what would happen if the both of them actually did the show, you know, the whole week and just like create chaos?" Um, and and David chased me, you know, he was like, "You know what, Greg, I really want to work with Skumba. I think it would be, you know, a, a wonderful thing." Uh, and and Skumba felt the same way. And this is because these were two people, you know, who understood, um, you know, the, the the power of connectivity and and you know the the, the connection that they had. And, and that they could share with the audience. I just I just didn't think the, you know, the country was ready for that yet, so we kind of shelved that idea. You know. I,
0: I remember spending some time with the two of them in Japan last year on the, the Rugby World Cup. They make a, a most unlikely pairing, but they've developed a great friendship and it's, it's very special to see there is there are so many lessons we can learn from what you've done you've come through uh, this journey with some bumps in the road but also some great successes you've learned a huge amount uh, and just in a short period of time you've already taught us an enormous amount and the the broad dynamic of questions Uh, that we are asking ourselves at the moment as a society here in South Africa uh, means we, we could keep you for another three hours to try and tap into what you've learned. But the space I particularly want to look at is the uncertainty in South Africa the business world, the economy. uh, People are really unsure of where we're headed. There's no sense of horizon. We don't know when uh, our broader lockdown, when the uh, COVID-19 situation is going to end. And even if we do find a vaccine, this is the next 12, 18, 24 months and more where the repercussions are going to keep spilling over. So what does Greg Maloka say to people who worried about the future of their business, worried about the security of their jobs, worried about feeding their families in terms of this is what Greg has learned. This is where Greg is now. This is what Greg will say, if not solving all the world's problems immediately, then at least giving a little comfort, giving a little hope uh, giving a a, a little opportunity to people to take some of your learnings and apply it to where they find themselves now.
1: Then, I mean, you know, there's, that, that question is actually very similar to, um, you know, a, a, a question you ask yourself as a parent when you have little children and you think about the many challenges that, um, you know, they will face and how do you teach them about everything. And when you think about all of it, it's so overwhelming, it's not funny. Um, but you start to realize that if you narrow it down to, um, you know, a single principle, which is two words but can be one. Um, and that's love and respect. For me, are the biggest, single, most important elements and foundations. Um, and 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 with that comes trust, which is another very important thing. Uh, and the ability to make a decision is another. So when you kind of look at um, the South African society, and you say to yourself, um, you know, our, our challenges are so multi-layered. It's not funny, um, and all we hear is just the noise right, around those particular challenges and you know, 10 different solutions to you know, uh, uh, you know, the many challenges that, that we face. But, but where do we start with you know, creating a, 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 a country that respects one another? So let's just start from that basis, right? Um, and, and, and where does that flow? So it means that as a business owner, as an example, You know, I have respect for people who are my customers. And if I have respect for those people, if I have respect for that society, if I am fully involved in that society and in developing that society, it starts to shift uh, this thing to a particular space. If I, as a citizen of this country and you, uh, you know, sit across the table um, and we talk about improving the space that we're in, improving the environment that we're in, it starts to become, uh, uh, you know, a, a bit more meaningful. When you and I can sit down and say, um, you, know, uh, um, you know, COVID is a global challenge, um, but the the governments that have done well and the countries that have done well, you know, are countries who are structured in a particular way, are countries who were, you know, who were ready, um, not for COVID, but just ready for, you know, any eventuality. These are uh, you know, countries who uh, made sure that they don't have high levels of corruption. These are countries that made sure that they have a lot of skilled people. These are countries that made sure that, you know, the basic things from schooling to, um, you, know, uh, uh, you know, education, uh, you know, healthcare. all of those things are in place and you are able to respond to most challenges, even ones that we haven't seen before. Um, these are countries where business is involved, where business understands that you know, this is our country too, these are our people too. It's not just the government's, um, you know, uh, challenge. It's our challenge too. These are people who support our businesses. These are people in our communities, you know. um, And, you know, these are people we work with, you know. Uh, And and the trust to say that um, we need to be very jealous about this diversity that we have, but we need to live it and just stop talking about it, you know. and, and build trust because we have a huge trust deficit, and it comes from, you know, the racial differences. It comes from, um, you know, all of the all of the past and some still present sort of uh, things that are happening around us. Um, those are challenges that we need to confront because once we're ready, man, and as a family, you know, when we have, you know, good reserves. And you know everyone has a you know, has a job we won't have the same jobs, others will you know do different kinds of jobs, but everyone is secure in that space when we've built confidence amongst people and that confidence is not based on lies but it's actually really based on things that have you know uh, been been you know values that have been realized. you will have a totally different society you know we we can be hit by another massive you know uh, catastrophe. Um, but where you stand strong, you will see. The strongest families have always been able to weather many storms because they knew the basics. Um, we're struggling with those basics. You know, uh, we're struggling with trust. And I think once we deal with the trust deficit in this country, uh, and this is amongst the people, amongst the races, um, then we will get much further than we
0: have. A great philosopher amongst his many, many other qualities and some more words of wisdom. Before I let you go, Mr. Malocca, to keep tabs on your empire and come up with your next crazy idea and turn it into a wonderful reality, uh, I'd like to ask about what that crazy idea might be. Over the course of your career, you've embraced change and the opportunity that change brings and taken on all manner of challenges. What does Greg Malocca still really want to do? What's top of that bucket list? of achievements of challenges of dreams that you'd like to see fulfilled you know dan
1: i'll be i'll be very honest with you um i i've always confronted life as it presents itself to me um you know i up until recently started to think about you know maybe i want to get involved in this or maybe get involved in that but but the truth is you know i i I am I'm, I'm shaped by how society shifts, um, and largely by the energy of young people. Um, I have huge interest in what young people think, what young people have to say, um, you know. There are people who placed a huge amount of trust in me when I was a youngster. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of that, you know, trust turned out all right. Um, and I just want to be able to to do that even more. Um, you know, I will I will be a very happy person if I can just continue um, with that. You know, we'll always travel to places, we'll always see things, we'll always get involved in you know spaces and businesses and those things as and when they come. Um, but being able to look back and say, um, you know, I touched all of these young people's lives and and and. Fortunate to allow them a voice and a space, uh, you know, of expression. For me, is is uh, is the greatest feeling ever. You know, so 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 I'm driven by the young people, man. I just I really want to get involved with um, young people all my life. Maybe they'll keep me young too, you know.
0: I have a suspicion Greg Maloka that you'll be young forever you're just that kind of soul and I also think that you've inadvertently described your leadership style so brilliantly and it's one that I admire enormously amongst uh, many of our successful leaders and that's the fact that you don't keep that leadership to yourself you share it you give people opportunities you open it up and that's so so important and uh, not just for yourself but for the people around you and to, to make sure everybody benefits as have we by being in conversation with you so uh, greg Malocca, uh, i think the official t- title is a uh, uh, global leader of kia empire for life uh, <laughs> really on business card. uh but thank you keep keep giving us great people to entertain us on air keep coming up with crazy yeah. ideas and new dreams uh, and thank you for giving us a little comfort in some some fairly dark times
1: Thank you, Dan. I I really appreciate our conversations, man, all the time. I I appreciate you and, and thank you for having me.
0: So there we go. Kicking off Business Unknown with Brightrock. Uh, there's a touch of Maverick, but there's also some business genius and some very proven leadership from the 14-year-old who wanted to be a priest to the 22-year-old who queued in a line of 600 to try and get a radio job to the man who now oversees the Kaya FM station and its assorted adventures and continues on a daily basis to give us such inspiration some wonderful lessons at a time when we need them most. I'm Dan Nicol. This has been the very first episode of Business Unknown with Brightrock. Back again next week as another of our South African business leaders shines a little light on some tough times. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Business Unknown with Dan Nicol. This show was made just for you by Brightrock, the first ever needs matched life insurance that changes as your life changes.